This is Sunrise. The who, what, when, where, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Jim Rossica, filling in for your regular host, Rick Flagg, who is expected back next week. As always, I'm in our recording studio in downtown Tallahassee, the only Confederate capital east of the Mississippi that wasn't captured by Union forces during the Civil War. U.S. General H.W. Halleck said taking Tallahassee was, quote, in opposition to sound strategy. Hat tip to Kevin Kate for the quote. Coming up, a death threat spooks the state Senate. The House is already treading carefully on raising teacher pay. And could Florida see an 18-day sales tax holiday for disaster preparation items in 2020? Maybe. All that and Gwen Graham reflects on the legacy of Elijah Cummings on this edition of Sunrise. And now, the top stories. Ahead of next week's special session on suspended Broward Sheriff Scott Israel, the Senate issued a decorum advisory. It's warning members of the public to be respectful and said signs and outbursts won't be tolerated. Here's why. Senate spokeswoman Katie Betta disclosed that Special Master Dudley Goodlett had received a death threat. Goodlett is a Republican former lawmaker who heard evidence in the matter and recommended that Israel be returned to office. Governor Ron DeSantis had suspended Israel over his handling of the shootings at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School and at Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. Beta explained that Senate President Bill Galvano has been in touch with Capitol Police asking for what she called enhanced security precautions and protocols. She said the nature of those are confidential. As House members begin considering a boost for state teachers starting pay, the seams are showing, as it were. DeSantis recently announced his desire to raise the starting salary of new teachers to $47,500 annually. That could cost the state over $600 million a year. But the Tampa Bay Times reports that Chris Latvala, the Clearwater Republican who chairs the Pre-K-12 through Appropriations Subcommittee, was cautious. He said he supports DeSantis' plan and concept, but has his eye on the costs of the plan and is working to determine how it would be funded. Finally, another year brings another sales tax holiday debate. State Senator Joe Gruders has filed a bill to reauthorize a sales tax holiday for disaster preparedness. But this legislation would eliminate sales tax on certain disaster supplies from May 29 through June 15 of next year, a whopping 18 days. What's included? Well, flashlights and fuel tanks, battery packs and coolers, tarps and tie-downs are just some of the items. Hurricane season starts June 1st. Remember, you can read that story and more online at floridapolitics.com. Visit the site after you finish this podcast, floridapolitics.com. Our name is our address. Now, let's take a break to hear from one of our sponsors. Florida is a great place to live and do business. Let's keep it that way by supporting the Florida Competitive Workforce Act. Legislators can do the right thing. To remain competitive globally, we must be a welcoming state for everyone to live, work, and play. 
11 Fortune 500 companies, 35 major employers, and hundreds of small businesses support the act. And 68% agree it's wrong to discriminate in employment, public housing, and accommodations. Go to floridacompetes.org. Tell your legislator to hear the Florida Competitive Workforce Act. Gwen Graham is here. Most recently, she was a Democratic candidate for Florida governor. Before that, she was congresswoman for the state's 2nd Congressional District, which included, at least at the time, the Tallahassee area. Uh, She served at the same time as fellow Democrat Elijah Cummings of Maryland, who died early Thursday at the age of 68. He was chair of the House Oversight and Reform Committee. In that capacity, he was in the news recently pushing for an investigation into President Trump's finances. Here is the somewhat condensed lead from his obit in his hometown paper, The Baltimore Sun. No public official ever wanted to be the one to speak after Elijah Cummings. He would talk about the most esoteric issues of the day with such eloquent prose that it was easy to forget. You were at a press conference about health reform or taxes. Cummings spoke like he was at the pulpit, likely the influence of his highly religious upbringing and daily family testimonials. Ironic, given the fact he was once told he would never become an attorney because he wasn't smart enough and didn't speak well. Again, that's from his obit in the Baltimore Sun. Gwen Graham, first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Absolutely. How was Congress made better? How is America better because of Elijah Cummings' public service? We need a whole lot more people like Congressman Cummings to offer themselves for public service. I woke up this morning to the news and my heart was broken for the state of Maryland and for our country because he represented the best in terms of fighting for what's right for our country and for his state. He will be desperately missed uh, in Congress as a whole and in our Democratic caucus. And uh, I know that you were not the closest during your time there. You, you were closer to others. But uh, any any remembrances, any anecdotes uh, about uh, the, the mutual time that you served in the Congress? Well, I... In terms of our friendship, I, ju- I, I, we of course were friends. We knew each other, um, and uh, I respected him immensely. His presence, particularly in the Democratic caucus, was huge. Uh, we all listened to him with such respect because we knew his words were the truth. And tragically, in today's politics, that's often missing. And what kind of lasting injury will this do to the Congress without his voice there? I know he was not thought of as a moderate, um, but he was an, an elder statesman. I hate to use that hackneyed He'd phrase. He's been in a Congress for a very long time. A very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it mean to the Congress to have one less voice like that? It's very significant because of the respect that he had uh, for for his fellow congressmen and women and the respect that we had for him. And though you're right, he would never be uh, called a moderate, but he was someone that his voice was respected across the aisle. And unfortunately, 
our politics have become so divisive. And therefore, when you take a principled stand, instead of calling it principled, it's very easy to call it political. Uh, for Congressman Cummings, it was principled, not political. Um, I have heard all kinds of testaments about him today. Each one of them has touched my heart. I think one of the ones that, as a mother, meant the most to me is when he called to the table uh, the representative for the Trump administration that was trying to justify the inhuman treatment of children uh, at, uh, at the border. And um, he spoke so eloquently about taking care of each other and caring about each of us as humans and as, as uh, a representative of the United States government calling the Trump administration to task for not doing that. And as someone who was on the inside, any predictions on how this impe impeachment inquiry is going to proceed? Well, the second uh, ranking member uh, who had been on the committee longest after Congressman Cummings is a wonderful congresswoman from New York, uh, Carolyn Maloney, and she will step in admirably. I'm not sure if there will be um, how they will handle the selection, if she will become the chairwoman of the oversight committee or if they will uh, they will embark on a selection process. Uh, I would assume uh, that Congressman, Congresswoman Maloney will step in in that role, but that's just uh, my assumption. She's very, she's she's been in the Congress for a very long time and would serve admirably in that role. But I don't. I know the Congresswoman. She's a friend. Would never say that she in any way will try to fill Congressman Cummings' shoes because they're unfillable. And. On a fi final note, what is going on? What is new in Gwen Graham world? <laughs> what are you doing these days? I am doing uh, whatever I can to continue to be involved in issues that are important to the state of Florida and um, uh, will continue to do so because I care and because I know we need to have voices that can speak up um, when decisions are being made that hurt the long-term uh, future for the state that I love. And we expect to see you in Tallahassee, at least indefinitely. Well, I um, currently have no plans to, to leave Tallahassee. My husband is working for, the, for uh, Co Commissioner Freed. Uh, he's the director of the division that oversees concealed weapons permits. And he's the doing division a, of licensing. I yes, believe. exactly. Um, and he's doing a phenomenal job. And and I'm enjoying my time, little time that I have off. I'm busier than ever. I don't know why I did this to myself, quite honestly. <laughs> I am involved in so many different. Uh, I'm on the board of Ruthless. I'm uh, on the on the board of. Um, I'm sitting on the board of the Tallahassee Independent Ethics Committee, uh, which has been in the news as of late. I'm just trying to help wherever I can. Gwen Graham, we will. We know we'll always always see you again somewhere somehow here in the capital. I always look forward to it. Gwen Graham, thank you again for thank being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. And now here's what's on the agenda for Friday, October 18th. Lawmakers mostly have left to go back to their districts, so the Capitol will be quiet till next week, the second of two back-to-back -back committee weeks. But the Financial Impact Estimating Conference is getting the band back together, as it were. It will hold what's called a Principles Workshop Formal Conference. That's on the proposed constitutional amendment from Sensible Florida to regulate marijuana in a manner similar to alcohol. 
basically legalizing the adult use of cannabis. That's at 8.30 a.m., 117, not building. Finally, today's edition of Florida Man. Paul Bedard wrestled, or should we say wrestled, an 8-foot, 8-inch alligator out of a swimming pool in Parkland this week. Bedard posted a photo on Instagram of him in the pool hoisting the gator over his head. He is one of two people who make up Gator Boys Alligator Rescue in South Florida. He said in his Instagram post, This guy was super mellow, referring to the alligator, of course. Didn't really give me a hard time at all. Couldn't get him to spin on me. He really wanted nothing to do with me. I simply made a frontal catch, put a snare in his mouth, and taped him up. Bedard added, It was basically as smooth and easy as it ever gets. Thank you, Lord. Much appreciated. End quote. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Jim Rossica reporting from Tallahassee for Florida Politics. Rick Flagg will be back next week. Happy Friday and have a pleasant weekend. Thank you.